Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. Now, if you're listening today and you are over the age of 40, maybe you've been told that menopause hits you like a Mack truck, or that menopause means you are officially old, or that birth control pills are the solution to your perimenopausal and menopausal symptoms. Well, I'm here to tell you that none of these myths are true. Today, I would like to shed light on some of the most pervasive menopause myths that exist in our culture and debunk them once and for all. This is actually part one of a part two series. I'm going to be bringing you part one today, bringing you part two next Friday, because lo and behold, there are a lot of myths surrounding menopause that lead to us fearing it, opposed to embracing it and knowing that we're stepping into that next new phase in our life. Now, even medical professionals accept the unfounded thoughts and misconceptions about menopause, despite the lack of research to support them. Our Western culture in particular perpetuates the perception of women's deterioration around the age of 50, dubbing menopause a four-letter word, a curse. It's a punchline, it's a snide remark, it's an excuse, a platitude used to dismiss women. And I don't know about you, but I am done accepting this view of middle age and these lies. It's time to annihilate this misinformation with cold hard facts topped with research and medical experience. Now here's the good news. We have a lot more control over our hormones and our body and how our hormones transition during perimenopause and menopause. Although there are definitely some changes that are taking place and our reproductive cycle ends, kind of shores up, menopause opens the door for a great new beginning filled with more energy, wisdom, and joy. Menopause presents our bodies with an opportunity to rest from reproduction and use that energy elsewhere, like changing the world, which is what a lot of women in their 50s and 60s are doing today. So how will you know you're even in menopause? Well, one thing is for sure is that if you haven't had menstrual cycle for one full year's time, that's really it. You have stepped into menopause. And that is really the defining moment. So what I wanna do now is I wanna take some time and debunk some of these ridiculous myths once and for all. Now I'm gonna cover about four myths today and then I'm gonna get into some more myths next Friday as well. Now as an added bonus for this episode, one of the things that I've seen move the needle when it comes to hormone changes and transitions and just what our body's going through is filling nutrient gaps. So I'm gonna have my wonderful little bonus gift for you. It's gonna be inside of the show notes for this episode, which is episode 233, and it's going to be my hormone supplement guide. Now, what's specifically wonderful about this guide is that a lot of the supplements and herbs I'm recommending are phenomenal for women as we step into our 40s and our 50s and beyond. So I'm going to be covering and giving you exact recommendations for how to use them, what exactly they do inside of this guide. And what I love about it is it's just a quick reference guide. Anytime you're dealing with a symptom or you're trying to figure out what's going on with you, whether it's low energy or hot flashes or vaginal dryness, whatever it may be, 
you're going to find an answer in this guide and you're going to know exactly how to plug and play these beautiful supplements to kind of give you that vitality and boost that you're looking for. Again, it'll be in the show notes for this episode 233. I can't believe we're already at 233. And I hope you grab it so you have this beautiful resource to turn to whenever you're wondering what is going on with your body. All right. Myth number one. Menopause means you are officially old. It's the end of your vitality, your beauty, your femininity, sexuality, and passion. Ooh, that is a big myth. The only thing menopause ends is your ability to make a baby, period. Think about it. When you don't spend so much energy each month on your cycle, and best believe it requires a lot of energy to run reproduction in our bodies, and the hormone changes that go throughout the cycle, you have so much more energy to spend on other things and to not care about other things as well. So here's what menopause really means. Freedom from periods and all the stress and pain and inconvenience and energy spent on them. You get a postmenopausal zest. Yes, this is a thing. Think about it. Now your body isn't spending its energy focusing on reproduction every month. It's got mitochondrial energy to spare. Hormone rebalance, you know, after all the roller coaster of the crazy hormone changes and transitions during perimenopause, because that's really when it happens, your hormones will stabilize once and for all to finally reach menopause, leaving you with a very predictable normal cycle. What was so interesting is luteinizing hormone and follicular stimulating hormone, two of the hormones that are running through pituitary, basically level out and they level out where they are normally during ovulation, which is a great place for them to be. So your mental capacity is just out the roof. So just note that a lot of these hormones are still working in your favor. You get to reinvent yourself. With the reproduction situation off your plate and symptoms easing, menopause offers the opportunity to focus on you. Menopause is that gateway to greater happiness and worth. It's time to inventory specifically your needs and identify what brings you joy. Honor the wisdom that you've gained through your life experience. You think about like how much you know right now. And as you're stepping and sauntering into this next transition, you just get wiser. You just get smarter. You're more in tuned. You're more intuitive. I'll tell you what, these are the women who are literally the change agents of the world because they're leveraging all of that, leveraging their energy and leveraging the fact that they don't care what people think anymore and they're getting their opinions out there. So you want to use that wisdom and newfound energy to not only prioritize self-care, but claim the life of your dreams. All right, I hope I painted a picture for what it can really look like. The next myth I want to debunk today is weight gain is inevitable. Now, when I survey women, which I do several times a year, because I always just want to make sure that I have a pulse on what your biggest concerns are, what you are struggling with, you know, what are some of the issues that are holding you back from getting to where you want to go. And anytime I ask, what are some of the biggest symptoms that you're dealing with in your 40s and your 50s, even 30s, it's always stubborn weight gain is like usually number one or number two. And so I want to talk and speak into weight gain being this inevitable thing that we've all been told is just going to happen. It's just going to happen with age. That belly fat is just going to come on. And here's the thing is weight gain is not inevitable, especially if we take care and consideration to our metabolic hormones, because that's what we're talking about. It's not so much perimenopause and menopause, although the hormone fluctuations can complicate things a little bit. We're talking about how do we ensure that we don't have metabolic dysfunction? 
And although things are interconnected, we can still really focus on dialing in our metabolism and our energy sources, basically feeding those mitochondria the right foods. So two of the most important metabolic and stress hormones are insulin and cortisol. And I know I talk a lot about, especially recently, I've been pouring on the information about insulin. I think it's the number one hormone we've got to focus on after the age of 40. And honestly, some practitioners will say even earlier because insulin resistance can show up as early as our 20s. 20s, 30s, and you can imagine it definitely becomes a concern for us in our 40s and our 50s and beyond. And then cortisol, it is the number one stress hormone, clearly has a lot of other responsibilities. I call it the survivor hormone, and these two work in tangent together. So women as early as their mid-30s will start to experience shifts in insulin and cortisol based on stress basically running from here to there, emotional eating, and so much more. So the sooner that we can get a picture of insulin and cortisol to make our lifestyle changes, then we can truly set ourselves up for success. Now, based on current research, the more insulin resistant you are creating as you head into perimenopause and menopause, the more of these symptoms that you're gonna experience. Things like hot flashes, night sweats, insomnia, brain fog, stubborn belly fat, those are the things we're gonna see. And you think about it, those correlate with a lot of the symptoms that we see women really struggling with as they step into menopause. It's not progesterone and estrogen necessarily, it's insulin and cortisol, maybe thyroid hormone as well. So those are the ones we really wanna be looking at. Now, one of the best ways that I have found to really get this under control is to wear a continuous glucose monitor because Oprah always says, you gotta know your numbers. And I recommend knowing your numbers all day long so you can see you know, what you're putting into your body, how you're exercising, your daily activities, how that affects your insulin levels. And then you can make real-time modifications and changes It's like the best kind of accountability machine to have, and it literally sets you up for success. So I'm loving the idea of a continuous glucose monitor. I'm actually getting one. It's not necessarily recommended during pregnancy. Luckily, I'm almost done with that journey. I've got only two months-ish to go. I think a little less than two months. I think exactly two months when I'm recording this. And then I'm going to be getting one. So I just wanted to just speak into what is the best way that we can really start to look at insulin and a continuous glucose monitor that's looking at our blood sugar levels can really be a massive indicator. Now, the one thing about a continuous glucose monitor here in the U.S. is it is prescription based, but more and more doctors are coming around to allowing for any of us to get them because I think they realize that preventative care, not waiting till you're pre-diabetic or diabetic to get this, is going to keep you from not becoming pre-diabetic or diabetic. All right. Now, I also want to share some of the supplements that I think help with insulin. I don't think. I know help with insulin. And that's going to be inositol. Now, I do love taking choline with inositol or taking myo-inositol. Also, berberine and chromium. So if you're looking for three powerful, potent supplements to support insulin levels and stabilize insulin levels, choline with inositol or myo-inositol, berberine and chromium. And then herbs that are going to control and help to regulate cortisol regulation, holy basil, rhodiola, and ashwagandha. And actually, I have an incredible supplement that I've curated called Adrenal Love, and it's specifically designed to manage cortisol regulation. And it's got all of those 
along with other critical vitamins and minerals to help support your hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, which is the axis that's controlling your stress from the brain all the way to the adrenals. So if you're looking for a kind of one and done cortisol support, stress support, and energy support blend, Adrenal Love from the Essentially Whole store, and I'll have a little link for that in the show notes as well. All right, let's take it to myth number three. You must be on hormone replacement therapy to manage menopause. This is another false narrative that women need to be on hormone replacement therapy to manage menopause symptoms. And in some cases, I agree that natural progesterone and a little bit of natural estrogen cream are key to thriving during perimenopause and menopause, especially if you've exhausted the options and don't know where else to go. These natural hormones can be of great help. I especially find that progesterone can help combat estrogen dominance during the end stages of perimenopause to combat migraines, mood swings, sleep issues, fibrocystic breasts, bones, cardiovascular health, and their breast protective. So I'm actually a massive fan of natural progesterone cream or serum specifically during perimenopause because it is protective and I'm most concerned about women heading into estrogen dominance, which is inevitable in our 40s into our late 40s because progesterone naturally lowers as our reproductive cycle begins to end. And when that happens, when estrogen is unopposed, we get the migraines, we get the fibroids, we get that crazy heavy bleeding, we get the really uncomfortable discomfort, maybe the anemia. And so having a little bit of natural progesterone that you can rub on the palms of your hands or the bottom of your feet or maybe inside your inner thigh can just help to rebalance those hormones so that that roller coaster doesn't feel so crazy. One of my favorite go-to supplements that I'm releasing literally in about a week or so is my progesterone serum that is going to be incredible. Like my mama uses it right now because she was having a little bit of estrogen dominance. And unfortunately, women even in menopause can still experience estrogen dominance due to the foods and the toxins in the environment, those xenoestrogens. And so she was seeing some signs of estrogen dominance. And sure enough, when we looked at labs, there was definitely some in the system. And so we put her on the progesterone serum, which was absolutely incredible. Like it got rid of her symptoms like that. And she just felt so much better. And it's very, very safe for her to take. So I just wanted to speak into that. Now, when it comes to supporting overall supplementation to aid women with their mood and brain function, especially as progesterone declines, now progesterone is connected to GABA, which helps to calm the mind, calm the mood. Other things I recommend is going to be magnesium biglycinate, which again, I think most of us, 80% of us or more are deficient in magnesium. And it's so necessary, not only for mitochondrial function, for liver detoxification. I could just go on and on. I talk a lot about magnesium on the show. L-theanine and ashwagandha. These are all three really important supplements to consider when it comes to if you're struggling with mood swings, if you're struggling with irritability, if you're struggling with brain fog, those are things I want to recommend. But before we leave this myth, I want you to know the truth about how hormone replacement came to be. See, scientists mistakenly assumed that estrogen deficiency was the cause of every menopausal symptom under the sun. This was way back in the 40s and 50s. So they thought that the answer was to replace naturally declining estrogen with synthetic estrogen. And you see the problem already, right? First, our bodies are designed to 
have this naturally decline. Secondly, many of us are actually estrogen dominant because of all the xenoestrogens in the environment. Now for the scary stuff. The first estrogen replacement that hit the market was 1942, and it was made from a combination of estrogens derived from the urine of pregnant horses. Yes, you heard that correctly. It's the urine of pregnant horses. This is known as Premarin. And they never, ever put the ingredients on the packaging because no one wants to use horse urine, right? So Premarin is best known for the brand. It wasn't until the 1970s that doctors thought that this was the gold standard for any and all. And you went into the doctor's office, you were 50 years old, you get Premarin, no questions asked. And you had a hot flash. They were just like, here it is. Here you go, sweetheart. Good luck. But that began to change in the 1970s and 80s when studies began to link estrogen used in hormone replacement therapy to cancer in our endometrium, in our uterus, breast cancer, stroke, heart attack, and dementia. Yet, hormone replacement continues to be sold to menopausal women as an answer to all that ails us, and it's become a multi-million dollar global business in the process. The allure of the quick fix and the almighty dollar overshadows the proven role of endocrine disrupting hormones and estrogen dominance. And so this is definitely a concern. So what I wanted to do is if your doctor is having a conversation with you or you're considering hormone replacement therapy, again, I always want you to opt for the more natural options. And like I said, I feel like natural progesterone is very, very neuroprotective, cardiovascular protective, bone protective, and breast protective versus progestins, which is synthetic progesterone, and Premarin, which is the synthetic estrogen. So here are the most common questions that I receive from women when it comes to hormone replacement therapy. My doctor has told me that I need to be on hormone replacement therapy now that I'm in menopause. I'm not sure what should I do. This is usually what I tell them to do. I invite you to ask your healthcare provider some important questions about hormone replacement therapy, including the ones I listed below. So here's some questions to ask your doctor when it comes to having this conversation. Why are you recommending hormone replacement therapy for me? And how do you think it's going to benefit me? And if I choose to go on hormone replacement therapy, how long do you recommend I stay on it? Just get real granular about what's the recommendation, how long, and why. Next, a good question is, are there alternative recommendations you can offer me if I don't want to take hormone replacement therapy? What are the current risks, specifically my current risks, given my health history, my family history of heart disease, breast cancer, and osteoporosis? And then what types of hormone replacement therapy do you recommend, and what are the risk factors for each? So those are some good questions to ask your practitioner if they're just kind of dismissing you and trying to get you on a Premarin progestin dosage, especially probably the most heavily dosed synthetic hormones of Premarin and progestins or a synthetic estrogen similar to Premarin, more highly concentrated, is birth control. So a lot of women in perimenopause and menopause are put on birth control and those, it's very, very high amounts of synthetic estrogen and progesterone, which can cause all kinds of problems down the road. And it breaks my heart every time I meet a woman who's in her mid to late 50s and she's been on birth control pills for like 10 plus years, doesn't know she went in menopause. She definitely did years ago and is really stuck on these birth control pills that can become very, very dangerous for her. Next question I get from women is, I have been on hormone replacement for over 10 years and my doctor says I need to stay on it. What should I do? So here's my answer. 
Current research suggests that it's not wise to continue hormone replacement for long-term usage. The Women's Health Initiative study published in 2003 in the New England Journal of Medicine found that the combination of hormone therapy containing synthetic estrogen and progesterone, known as progestin, has no meaningful benefit in the quality of life of postmenopausal women. There is an estrogen window, a period of time when using biological estrogen can be beneficial for relieving menopausal symptoms and the associated risks are more minimal. And that is around five years from the start of menopause or slightly before. So just a heads up, if indeed you're gonna get on bioidenticals for menopausal symptoms that you can't seem to eradicate with other natural means, you wanna start before you actually hit menopause or right when you hit menopause. You don't wanna wait several years and then get on, on hormones because then they become more disruptive than they do become beneficial. Next question I get is, there's a strong history of heart disease in my family. Would hormone replacement protect me? So what I say is based on that study that the Women's Health Initiative study happened in 2003, new findings suggest that synthetic hormone replacement such as synthetic progesterone called progestins, examples are PrimPro, FemHRT, Combi patch have been shown to potentially increase the risk of blood clots, stroke, and heart disease. I do not recommend that women with or without heart disease risks use synthetic progestins, which is synthetic progesterone. I also don't recommend taking synthetic progestins for treating heart disease. Next question, I just have a couple more here. My mother had breast cancer and I heard that hormone replacement can increase my cancer risk. Do I just skip it? I say, given the findings of the study that I just submitted earlier, the Women's Health Initiative study, most doctors are generally cautious to recommend a combination of drugs like PrimPro. In that study, it was clearly demonstrated that women taking a synthetic combination of hormones for five years increased their risk for breast cancer than those taking the placebo. I would look into other natural means to support your hormones and check out some of the other resources that are available to you, such as supplements, lifestyle, food, all of those types of resources that we can turn to. And the last question, really quickly, I have been on a combination of hormone replacement since I started menopause for four years, and I read that five years is that sweet spot for menopausal symptom relief. Should I begin to taper off? So basically, she's talking about how she's about to exit that estrogen window. And this is what I usually say. For five years after the onset of menopause is really that sweet spot for slowly decreasing your dosage of hormones, natural hormones. I suggest that you start to taper off of those hormones and see how you feel. The estrogen window is approximately five years after the onset of menopause, where biological hormones offer benefits without significant risk. However, everybody's body is different and always consult with your practitioner based on your health history and any additional risks. And then the last question, just one more question because I get this question so often, is I recently had a complete hysterectomy at the age of 41. And I didn't plan to take hormones after menopause, but my circumstances have changed. What is safe for me? So I get this question a lot because a lot of women have had hysterectomies in their 30s and their 40s, even in their early 50s. So I say surgical menopause before the age of natural menopause is definitely challenging and uncomfortable due to losing a significant amount of naturally reoccurring reproductive hormones at that age when your body is still really dependent upon them. Like you weren't specifically supposed to not have them, but a complete hysterectomy or partial hysterectomy basically puts you into early onset menopause. 
I would personally recommend working with a functional practitioner to find an optimal dosage of bioidentical or natural hormones in the form of natural progesterone or estradiol for estrogen, finding the right combination for your body to ease these symptoms and support you until you reach the age where you will have likely experienced natural menopause. Like that's that sweet spot for women who've had a hysterectomy before they would have actually naturally gone into menopause. So those are all of the questions that I get that I'm fielding all the time around this conversation. And those are usually the answers that I'm giving, which feels very much in line with all the research that I've read. Goodness knows I've read every article under the sun when it comes to hormone replacement therapy. And again, lots of women today are choosing not to use any level of hormone therapy. They're really trying to figure out the metabolic hormones, the stress hormones, the food, the supplementation, the lifestyle, because a lot of that can clear things up without actually needing to dip into natural hormones. Now, if there was a natural hormone that I felt confident and comfortable with, it's going to be natural progesterone, especially during perimenopause and even can be supportive during menopause as well. The last myth I want to just quickly address today, this is part one of this of menopause myths episodes, is that birth control is a solution to your perimenopausal and menopausal symptoms. Now, I know I just spoke into this a second ago, and I just want to be really clear that I believe, and I have seen it over and over and over again, that you can fix your hormonal imbalance without adding hormones. You do not need the pill or any form of hormonal contraceptive to ease your symptoms. I firmly believe that you should not put anything into your body unless you fully understand what it's supposed to do, what it could do, and how to use it appropriately. The pill and other forms of hormonal birth control, the patch, vaginal ring, the shot, injection, implant, even hormonal IUD like the Manera, are contraceptives. The Manera is a progestin, which is a synthetic progesterone, which is not breast, cardiovascular, or neuroprotective. And they're intended to be used to prevent pregnancy. That's why they're called contraceptives. Yet a lot of doctors would have you think that they do even more, such as fix painful or heavy periods, PMS or PMDD, irregular or missing periods. In fact, the majority of American women on birth control pills, a whopping 58%, take it for reasons other than preventing pregnancy. And here's the truth. They don't solve these issues. And I know I've done a ton of episodes on this topic. (laughs) They mask them by adding synthetic estrogen and progesterone to your body, preventing your body from functioning the way that it was designed to. While these synthetic hormones may temporarily hide symptoms, your body has to work harder to overcome their crazy side effects. And that's why new symptoms begin to appear. Migraines, decreased libido, vaginal dryness, abnormal uterine bleeding, spotting, thyroid dysfunction, blood clots, vein thrombosis, anxiety, depression. I mean, my goodness, the list goes on and on and on. Again, blinded by symptoms and the promise of a quick fix and easy solution, our healthcare system puts a one-size-fits-all solution ahead of treating you as an individual and looking for the root cause of your driving symptoms. You might find symptom relief by staying on the pill or starting to take it during perimenopause, but I just want you to be aware of the side effects and the fact that you are not solving the real reason for your symptoms. You're using a stopgap measure that allows potential damage over time. And so I just wanted to just speak into that because I see so often women just, I call it the shut up pill for perimenopause and menopause is just to give women the birth control pill and just shut them up and send them on their way. 
but there can be nasty side effects and difficult complications around that when we should just be focusing on the root cause. Um, And so often for women, it's estrogen dominance. And I have a ton of episodes on estrogen dominance here on the show that really gets down to the nitty gritty. And honestly, if you're really concerned about estrogen dominance and you want to take something, I just recommend a natural progesterone cream or serum instead of taking birth control pills. It will lighten your period, it'll lighten your symptoms of estrogen dominance without all the crazy, nasty side effects. So that would be the recommendation that I'm making today. So those are myths one through four today. Those are some big, big myths, right? Birth control, hormone replacement therapy, what's up with the weight gain, and does menopause stamp you as old, right? Myths debunked and debunked with incredible cutting edge research that has been coming out in the last couple of decades. As I mentioned before, one of the things that I think really do move the needle is filling in those nutrient gaps, working with your metabolism, and really helping to support yourself with wonderful self-care rituals. And that's really what my newest book that's gonna be released in the spring of 2021 is all about, is getting to the root cause of what's going on in perimenopause and menopause and laying out the game plan. I've got a 21 one day game plan in this book. It's done for you. And it really just opens the door for what is possible because I've seen women just have massive transformations in literally 21 days. When we've got the right tools, our body responds. And I see it over and over and over again. Now, as I mentioned earlier, I have that little bonus gift for you. It's my hormone supplement guide. I know you're going to love it. If you don't already have it, it's going to be in the show notes for episode 233. And then I did talk about the adrenal love supplement that I love so much and the progesterone serum that I am so excited to release off to you as well. So I'll have the links for those. And I just want to say thank you so much for showing up to the show today. I hope this was enlightening. I hope this gave you some food for thought. And I hope it kind of encourages you to check out next Friday's episode, which is part two of these myths. Yep, I got more myths to debunk because unfortunately there's a lot of myths around this area, this transition in our life that I just feel like we need to address head on. Next up in the next, next episode, I know that's next Friday that I'm talking about, but I'm actually have an episode coming up on Tuesday as I do every day. And I'm bringing on Dr. Casey Means, and we're going to be talking about really the truth around metabolic dysfunction and how to address it head on. I can't wait for this conversation because it's going to dovetail into what we were talking about today about metabolic dysfunction. This woman is dialed. I loved this interview so much, and I have a feeling it's going to be a really powerful interview for you too. All right, see you then.